Coming up next on Showtime, everything is going to be all white. An exploration into why Caucasians are responsible for all the bad things. Followed by Cut the Crap, Asians. A hard look at those white adjacent high achievers with their family structure and emphasis on education. Ugh. Then, a three-part series on Jews. What's up with those guys, huh? Showtime, just like HBO, but woke and not as good. You're listening to Questionable Material with Jack and Brian, a mostly improvised podcast produced in New York by Jack Helmuth and Brian Sack. QMPodcast.com Racists. Hey, you're a piece of garbage. You know that? What? You what? should be ashamed. You're ruining this country. What? You, you know, BIPOC people have been through enough, and Ooh. you are a piece of garbage, sir. You, and I hope you what, burn what? in hell. I said it. Burn in hell. For, Okay, 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 okay. Let me stop you right there. Let me stop yeah, you. No. Okay. No, no. There's Classic a misunderstanding. Racist trying to stop me, no. racist. No, no. Listen, there's a misunderstanding. Okay. And this, this is this goes back to when we we started our organization. It's our fan club uh, for racing, and we called ourselves what? the Racists. And oh. ever since, it's been a bit of a we we get you know, nine calls out of ten are people like you who completely misunderstand. You didn't do your homework and you don't understand that that we are racists in the sense that we really enjoy sitting there watching loud vehicles go around in a circle many, many times. Yeah, so well, then you're likely both kinds of racist then. You racist. No. no, no, no. First of all, you don't know me. All right. I have a black girlfriend. And that's between you and me. My wife would kill me if she found out. All right. Well, that's that's pretty good, I guess. Yeah, it is pretty good. Because if I were technically a racist, the kind of racist that you think I would be, then I definitely wouldn't have a black girlfriend, would I? And, you know, and I have brought her to uh, several NASCAR events with me when my wife was out of town. She does a lot of uh, interior decoration in California. And I had a great time. She had a great time. And she would be the first one to tell you that she too is a racist. Okay. What color is your wife? What does it matter? Oh, I think it matters a great deal. I think, I think it shows what a piece of garbage racist you are because you'll marry the white chick, but you'll only date the black chick. Well, you jumped into conclusions because my wife is from Southeast Asia by way of Bangladesh. Shabu. <laughs> Her name is Shabu? Yeah, she goes by Shabu. Okay. And we fell head over heels. Okay. Because the, the Bangladesh, the roads are terrible and the sidewalks are worse. <laughs> oh, so you literally fell. Literally fell head over heels, but then we helped each other. We nursed each other back to health. And then you fell in love. I said, let me get you out of this place because they have terrible sidewalks. I don't like it one bit. Racist. And she said, that'd be great. Oh. So your narrative is collapsing, sir. Well, normally people with my point of view, our narratives don't collapse at all under scrutiny. So I believe you're mistaken. Well, I would like to invite you to come sit with me and watch cars go around in circles many, many times. And then you too, sir, would consider yourself a racist. Any chance you could get me a black girlfriend? 
Well, so you're specifically looking for a girlfriend based on skin color? Yes, I'm an ally. What don't you understand about this? You pick the person you love based on how good it's going to make you look in Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm going to be have the most popular TikTok channel because I'm so woke. To be honest, you sound kind of like a racist, but not the car kind. No, no, no. I'm just saying that I'm choosing her solely based on the color of her brown skin. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. You're 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 viewing everything through this prism of of race, and I think it might mean that you are the non-car admiring racist type. No, no, but you're not hearing me. What I want to do is find someone with skin that's darker than my skin and date them for that reason. That's what I'm saying. And I'm maintaining that you, sir, are messed up. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't see it, man. I, I'm not the one who likes, who likes NASCAR. Why don't you come with me and I'll, I'll take you to a, to a racing event and you will see and you too will become a racist. Just uh, give me your name and I will put you on the list. Okay, uh, fine. My name is David, D-A-V-I-D, Duke the Third. David Duke the... David Duke the Third. Okay, I'll see you on Thursday. Thanks. Hey, Brian. Hello, Jack. Brian, tell me about you. How are you doing? Jack, I don't want to talk about me. What? Let's talk about you. Okay. Let me think. What are you asking me? What did I do this weekend? <laughs> Wait a minute. We're already done talking about me? Wait, I thought you were through. No, I didn't even. It, it was just you talking and then you just. You, what? I figured you were blabbing away about whatever you did. And then it was time for me to tell you what I did. God, you didn't even black out right. You just, you just skipped uh, that part and just ignored it. Well, you know, it's funny you ask. I was going to go to Canada with my wife. Okay. Yes, I, I knew you were going to go to Canada and, and the trip was canceled for some reason. Couldn't find a, uh, the dog shelter was uh, booked. It was a surprise to me. So we canceled that little adventure. Ooh, okay. Well, that brings up a couple of questions. One, uh, was your wife angry at you for not getting a, uh, booking your dog in earlier? No, because we had no, we did not expect it to be booked. You, you, you expect it in the summertime okay. and during like peak vacation weekends and things like that, but not some random weekend. Everything fell apart. That's, <laughs> but she didn't care. She was like, well, that sucks. And I was like, you know what else sucks? What? Pamela Anderson. <laughs> what? God, <laughs> once again, your pop culture <laughs> references are just top notch. Tell me about this, um, this, this dog shelter. What, you know, what sort of, you know, I, I know you don't necessarily cut corners a lot. You, you sort of go all in to take care of your, um, the brutal killing machine that you call a house pet. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. tell us about the facility that you tried to get your dog in that you typically, uh, book her in. I mean, this is the, I mean, it's just like your run of the mill mm -hmm. five-star dog shelter. Oh, I didn't know they, they had star ratings for dog shelters. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you don't see a rating outside your dog shelter, you don't, or your boarding, uh, you don't want to park your dog there for sure. Cause that means it's even under one star, but uh, huh. we've been patronizing the uh, Ritz Norton. Let's say it's like they gnaw on, it's a play on gnawing on, uh, on those bones. Uh-huh. Ritz-Narlton. Ritz-Narlton, yeah. 
five star. Okay. So, all right, great. Five star dog boarding. It's just, it's, it's luxury in and out. It's just, uh, it's a fantastic experience. The dog loves it. We love it. We feel, you know, you feel guilty when you put your dog into boarding. Of course. You don't know what you're getting. Yeah. You know, in a cage, you know, maybe it gets walked once or twice yeah. a day. Yeah. So, uh, so what, yeah, what happens? You, you drop your dog off. Then what is the experience while you're away? They come to your car okay. in white gloves. Okay. And it's a white glove treatment. They, the dog comes out. There's a red carpet for the dog nice. and the, the dog gets out and they greet your dog and then they, they put the leash on and it's a very nice leash. It's um, Bulgari, very expensive brand. <laughs> That's really nice. Very flashy. Yeah, it's super flashy. So she hops out of the 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 follower car mm-hmm. and and then they um they take her and they they walk her in to her accommodation. Uh, describe the accommodations. It, it, like is it like a, a slightly larger cage, like a like a bigger water bowl, something like that? No, this is a this is a originally was a hotel for humans. So they've just repurposed it for dogs. Oh my gosh. Uh so that yeah, it's it's great. It's seven stories. Wow. Um, it's just class through and through marble lobby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and you know, should a dog have an accident, there's a team of three or four people who came to the United States for a better life who will, who will clean it up. Has it, has anyone checked to see if this is indeed a better life? Nobody really cares as long as they do a good job very quickly. That's fair. That- you know, cause what, what we don't want is to, a customer to walk in and see what, you know, see a mess. Right. Their dog, doggy business is, is no business. That's, that's their motto. Absolutely. It actually says that on the desks facing the receptionists, doggy business is no business. So just, they are motivated. <laughs> that motivates them? Yeah. Cause if they see an accident, they know if somebody sees that doggy business, they are not getting any business. Oh, man alive. So they, they, they activate the cleaning crews. Uh, the rooms are, you, you have a variety of rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a standard, which is about 700 square feet. Wow. A uh, big king size doggy bed. Mm-hmm. There's a little food section, 24 hour food service. All they have to do is nose the button <laughs> and they can get uh, room service. Okay. Of course, the bathroom, they took out the showers and everything when there's a grass patch in there. <laughs> Uh, so they can do their business whenever they feel like it. It's got a uh, windows are open. It's got a beautiful view of the homeless encampment outside uh-huh. in the parking yep. lot. Uh, some folk, because there, there hasn't been too much policing of, of these encampments. So there's one that popped up right outside in, in the parking lot. It's very uncool. Sure. Sounds awful. Uh, that, that my beloved dog is, is looking out at these people uh, shooting up and doing their business. Man. But it does give them something to do. Right. And I imagine. And as well as the dogs. <laughs> I, well, I imagine it gets, um, I imagine it gives those, uh, those people who've come here for a better life, some, some more things to do. Yeah. Well, they're constantly trying to shoo away these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then these people are very unpleasant because they're saying, oh, you came here and stole our jobs. And they're like, dude, I just cleaned up some dog mess. If you want that job, take it now. And then they're like, no, I'd rather put uh, some free heroin into my arms. With my free syringe. It's going great, Can't Jack. Can't beat the price. Well, that sounds great. Uh, and what about the, you know, can, can the concierge get like anything for a dog? Like, what, what, you know, what, what sort of, you know, like special benefits are, are, are available? Well, uh, yeah. In fact, um, 
you can go and you can call or you can just go up to the concierge and slip them a few extra bucks and you say, hey, I'd like to get my dog a little um, pussy, if you know what I mean. And uh, sure enough, he has connections at the shelter. And so uh, we got a tabby. Nice. Yeah. That's great. I mean, it's all relative. It was nice for the dog. It was nice for us to know the dog had something to do. Which is what, to to tear the tabby limb from limb? Yeah, it wouldn't be nice for the family of Mr. Sparkles, who they turned over because uh, they couldn't they couldn't keep up with uh, feeding mm-hmm. the, the tabby uh, because they ran into some medical issues and things like that. Right. So uh, they were they were hoping Mr. Sparkles would have a better life. <laughs> and as it turns out. Uh, you know, he got a glimpse of five star luxury. That's nice. You know, and uh, what more could you want? Uh, not much. I mean, I mean, aside from not being disemboweled. Is this one of those? Um, of course, it's uh, a no kill shelter. The cat shelter. No, they're pretty free and easy. Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what does free and easy mean in this context? Well, I mean, you can just order up a cat if you need it for your dog. Right. It's a, you know, to be honest, it's a cat shelter owned by dog lovers. Oh man. Yeah. That's not going to go well. Yeah. Yeah. That they don't tell you that. No, of course not. But you look at the financing, Mm -hmm. you look behind the scenes, the tax returns, it's owned by United Dog Owners of America. Oh my God. Yeah. Cat world. It's called cat world. A cat world, a place for cats. That sounds skanky. You know, we'll, we'll make another trip another time when we can get some space in the Ritz Narlton. God. Uh, well, you know, thanks for sharing all this, Brian. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad you asked about it. No, I'm glad. Would you, uh, maybe now would be a good time to talk about me. Uh, we can absolutely talk about you if you want. I'm going to be going down to Florida at some point to see my father. Oh, God. If Sharif don't like it. You know, it's so funny, Brian, that you just were, were, were singing that because Right now, we're about to talk about music again, because as listeners of the show will know, you are a, a bit of a music savant, wouldn't you say? I'm a music savant. And I was just humming uh, The Clash. Mm-hmm. Popped into my head. It popped into your head. And and your head is so full of music that it, it apparently is just bursting out with song and with knowledge. And I was wondering if we could tap into that a little bit right now. Um, I want to go over some of the greatest songs uh, in history and, you know, because I, you know, you, you hear them, but sometimes you just don't know what the story is behind the songs. And I, I thought now might mm. be a, like the perfect time to just sort of talk about some songs that I've heard recently on the radio that I've written down. And maybe you could just sort of tell me, you know, the story behind how they were written, what the what inspired the artist, that, that sort of thing. Would, would that be something you'd be interested in doing? Oh, yes. I love doing that. I do that in my sleep. Oh, uh, perfect. That's 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 great. You know. Obviously, we just lost Meatloaf. Yep. How, how did you sort of mourn his passing? Uh, well, um, I went into the kitchen. Um, I, I got a, a baking pan. And I put ground beef mm-hmm. in it, and some garlic and some salt and some pepper, mm-hmm. some ketchup, mm-hmm. and some minced onion, mm-hmm. some tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. And I, I baked it. Till it was perfectly done mm-hmm. and I took it out of the oven. I let it cool. Okay. I let it get to room temperature. Oh. And then I buried it in the backyard. <laughs> okay. 
it just chokes me up just to lose him. And then it's just such a perfect way to honor the man. Thank you. God, we're, we're all going through a lot of pain right now. And it really, it helps for you to share. So I, I want to thank you. Do you know why Meatloaf called his album Bad Out of Hell? Yes. Oh, uh, please. Well, um, he was very prophetic. Okay. And he had a vision of the future. And the vision was of a, of a bat uh, being released from a, a, a lab in, in Wuhan, <laughs> China. Uh, which is, he doesn't care for China. It's a kind of an authoritarian uh, state uh-huh. with a terrible, frightening uh, security apparatus mm-hmm. and, and no privacy and censorship. And uh, it's, it's a scary, and so to him, that's hell. Right. And then of course the bat part represents the fricking virus yeah. uh, that was released by accident. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink out of a lab in Wuhan mm-hmm. that has caused a bit of global mayhem. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Wow. I mean, uh, uh, prophetic is right. I mean, boy, that, you know, who knew that meatloaf would be such an Oracle. Yeah. And that's why he died. He felt like his mission was accomplished. He's like, okay, well, everybody knows what I was talking about with this album title. It's time for me to go. So in that moment, he just allowed himself he, to just drift off and he just like disappeared in the bed where he laid. Yep. He just, uh, his, his body just fell down and this little shot of light went up into the sky and then turned around and went straight down into the earth <laughs> because he had premarital sex. What? Yeah, apparently it's a, it, it does get you in huge trouble. I had no idea. Gross. Yeah. Well, then he got what he had coming. Sad. So sad. Well, okay, gosh, now we know what happened to Meatloaf. Rolling Stone ranks this actually as the second greatest song of all time, and that is Public Enemies uh-huh. Fight the Power. Fight the Power. Used to be big into them. Yeah, no, I know. Bring the noise. Bass, how low can you go? Death row. What a brother know. Once again, back is the incredible rhyme animal, et cetera. Et cetera. It's a, do they say et cetera in the song? They don't. I do because I've forgotten the lyrics. It's been a while since I realized that Public Enemy hated me and I stopped listening. <laughs> it's, it's tough when you find out that uh, someone hates you that much. I'm madder than mad that a brother is bad and I'm mad at the fact he's corrupt like a senator. Soul on the rope, but you treat him like soap on a rope because the beasts and the lines are so dope. Very nice. See, you're the guy. And, but apparently fight the power actually has a very, very surprising uh, meaning behind it. Would you mind uh, sharing that with us? Yes. Fight the power. A lot of people think it's about fighting the man or the system or whatever. And it's not. What? Yeah. No, it's not. It was, it was commissioned by a Toyota. (laughs) Because they had a, they, for year after year after year, uh, they were ignored by J.D. Power and Associates. (laughs) Just could not get a decent review from those guys to, to, you know, for their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, they just couldn't get it done. And they'd had enough. They put out good cars. They wanted some recognition. And they were like, screw this. We need, we need some, uh, some ammo. We need to fight these guys. And so- they contracted with the public enemy, Chuck D. Yep. Huge Toyota lover. I didn't know that. Yeah, he you know, he had a he had a top of the line Toyota. Now you'd see him blasting around in in Atlanta <laughs> mm-hmm. or New York, wherever he lived. Mm-hmm. I mean, I listened to him in Atlanta. It doesn't mean that he lived there. <laughs> he could live in New York, maybe Brooklyn. I don't yeah. know. But he had a Toyota. Okay. Fire. Fair enough. 
And so he was given a Toyota uh, as part of the deal. And he came up with fight the power because fight JD power and associates didn't have, didn't have that zing. Right. That's what Chuck called it. The zing. He would be like, I, you know, fight JD power and associates doesn't have the zing. And he just went straight to fight the power and the Toyota people, uh, most of whom were Japanese, didn't understand what he was saying. So they're like, okay. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's it really, it really is amazing to me. That's, Definitely not what I expected. You know, we've talked about Michael Jackson in the past, but we've never really talked about this song. Billie Jean. Yes. Uh, Rolling Stone ranks this as the 44th greatest song of uh, in the history of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and or actually in all genres, not just rock and roll. But they say this is the 44th best song ever written. Michael Jackson, Billie Jean. Very shocking what the song is actually uh, meant to convey. Would you mind telling us about it? Yeah, uh, it's about Billie Jean King. No, what? Yes. Uh, Billie Jean is is not my lover. No kidding. We all know why. He didn't. He was oblivious. Right. You know, he just, he didn't, he just, he saw her, he was so enthralled by her tennis playing mm-hmm. and the tennis skirts. <laughs> and, you know, and he wanted her so badly and she just had no interest, visibly no interest right. in him. And so, that, and Billie Jean is not my lover. Man, she's just a girl who looks at other ladies. <laughs> Says, hey, "I want a piece of that." That's heartbreaking. It was for him. It really it traumatized him, and it turned him into, um, you know, somebody who sought solace in injecting himself with uh, heavy duty tranquilizer. Oh my gosh! So his love of Billie Jean King is eventually what led to his. Uh, uh, dependence on drugs and, and, and ultimate untimely death. Yeah. I mean that and a terrible doctor. Oh, yes. Yeah. Dr. Feel good. Dr. Feel dead. Dr. Uh, Conrad Baines, Conrad Murray, Conrad Baines, I think is the dad and Conrad Baines is from different yeah, strokes. Different- <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so, I mean, yes, there's a, a, a Conrad and a black kid, but it's not the same. <laughs> It's Conrad Murray. I was right. It's Conrad Murray was his doctor. Conrad Murray. Dr. Murray is still with us. He's 68 years old. He's not practicing medicine. I can tell you that. Uh, no, I would imagine not. Whew. Um, all right. I go, what does he go by now? Like, oh, so what do you do? Uh, oh, I killed Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's good to, you know, be known for something. Yeah, I accidentally killed Michael. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't it have been Tito? <laughs> uh, next song, you know, this is a song I actually don't know, but it's, um, you know, I imagine it's this type of song you would like. Uh, David Bowie, I'm not really a fan, but mm. 23rd greatest song of all time, according to Rolling Stone. Uh, the song Heroes came yes. out in 1977. Uh, I'm really interested to figure out what uh, the David, uh, David Bowie song Heroes is. Maybe if it sounds interesting enough, I'm going to check it out and listen to it. Well, it's funny you say that because it, depending on where you live in the United States, that song is, has a different title. Oh my, oh, interesting. Uh, go on. So you're, you're in New York. Uh, you know, it's, it's Heroes. Uh, if you go to Boston, it's Grinders. <laughs> If you go to New Jersey, it's hoagies. <laughs> and so it just depends where you are. He, he tailored the song for each individual market. Wow. It's like, like yep. soda, pop, tonic, 
Exactly. Cola. Boy. Yep. So it seems like it, yeah, he tailored it for he was smart. He tailored it for different audiences. Right. Knowing that they they'd be drawn to whatever their favorite deli sandwich yeah, is. Yeah, Americans love sandwiches. And David Bowie always talked about that. He always knew that. He dropped that in every interview. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, I know you people love sandwiches. And then he'd continue on with whatever his thought was. <laughs> That's, that seems like a, uh, some clunky interviews. It is the, the way some people go, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you know, he would always just say, I know you people love sandwiches. Yeah. That's a weird tick. It is a, a strange yeah. tick. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to speak ill of the man. Uh, next song, the Bee Gees. Staying Alive. Yes. Also from 1977. Yep. Um, uh, Tell me about uh, the Bee Gees Staying Alive. Staying Alive is about Dick Clark. Oh, uh, tell me. (laughs) I didn't know that um, there are a lot of songs written about Dick Clark. Yeah, this was, it was inspired by Dick Clark because like every year, Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve. And there he is just still there. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? He's staying alive. No kidding. So it was just a celebration of, of him seemingly cheating death. Yes. Odd. I'm not sure why you'd want to commemorate that. Uh, You know, Andy Gibb is a strange cat. (laughs) Here's a song I've always listened to and really enjoyed guns and roses. Sweet child. Oh mine. Yes. Great song, uh, you know, that comes on the radio, crank it up, sing it as loud as I can. I don't necessarily know the history behind it. Can you illuminate it? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a song about Axl Rose. Mm-hmm. He had, um, he had about 17 children what? with different roadies, uh-huh. groupies, with different groupies. I'm sorry, I got the terminology wrong. It's all right. And so he had about 17 kids in 17 different orphanages. <laughs> And so he would he would show up and and sing to the kid individually, oh, and and make the kid feel special for a really brief amount of time, about four minutes. Yeah, about about four minutes. That's and what the, the radio wants. Like, yeah, and the kid would be like, "Oh, daddy, daddy's a sweet child," of mine. pointing the whole time, pointing oh. and pointing and pointing, and the kid's feeling like, "Oh, God, dad, my daddy's." And then as soon as that song was over. I mean, 180 degrees and out the door of the orphanage. And you'd come back every couple of years. Boy, that's, that's really, that's really tough. Just hitting orphanage after orphanage just to feel like he did his dad duty. Yeah. I mean, these, these rock stars are self-absorbed. I know this firsthand. <laughs> yes, I know you do. But they, um, <laughs> they, uh, they want to do their thing and, you know, having a kid kind of bogs them down. Right. It impedes the lifestyle. Hard to be a rocker when you're got to rock a kid, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's amazing that none of the mothers um, <laughs> wanted anything to do with what could have been a sweet meal ticket of mine. Yep, but that they didn't have the sweet DNA tests of yours back then, mm-hmm. and that's the catch. Oh, man. Although it's catching up with them now. <laughs> I bet it is. There's 17 lawsuits. Whew. That's why they're back on tour. Yeah, I'm sure it is. The Sweet Adult of Mine tour. <laughs> uh, uh, one final song. All-time rock and roll classic. Johnny Cash, I Walk the Line. Yes. I Walk the Line. I mean, 
I, I love the attitude in that song. I love, I just, I yeah. love singing along to it, but I don't necessarily know a lot about it. It was inspired by a field sobriety test. <laughs> My first guest today is a Russian uh, diplomat, uh, a big wig connected to Vladimir Putin is going to tell us all about what's going on in Russia. Please welcome Sergei Semenov. Sergey, are you there? Yes, Zdravstvetsi. How are you, Jack? Uh, I'm great. Thank you, Sergey. And how are you? Good. Thank you, Jack, for having me. No, you're so welcome. Um, so Russia in the news a lot lately, from the Olympics to um, to the sort of the front page of the nightly news every night, uh, sort of the top story. Yes. Uh, what's going on over there in your country? Not much. Hmm. Okay. Um, we are just doing our thing. Uh, we are, you know, we like, we have fun on weekends. We like the vodka. But uh, mm -hmm. there's, aside from that, there's not much happening. Well, you know, the, over here, maybe we're getting different news coverage, Sergey. Uh, we're hearing that um, you guys are on the cusp of invading the Ukraine. Is is that is that right? No, I don't. I don't think this is correct. Um, I don't know. You know, a lot of times this, this, the, the United States press is very agitating for, for fighting uh, Russia to to have the enemy of Russia. You know, this, this kind of a boogeyman, and we don't. You know, so you you just they make up these stories. I mean, of course, yes. Do we have lots of things um, parked n near the border? Of course we do. But where do you, where else do you park these things, Jack? They're big and well, I, heavy. I, in, I, yeah, but Russia is a pretty big country. You just build a few warehouses. Yes, well, we like to do the open air warehousing, uh, preferably next to our neighbors. Uh, so we just line up these 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 cars. Uh, we call them cars. They're not even tanks. They're just metal cars with cannons, and we park them. <laughs> In the parking lots uh, along the border, and then of course you don't want these these people from across the border to steal your cars. So you have a lot of men there to to stand around and protect the the cars with cannons. Huh. Okay. It seems it seems like something more might be going on. Um, parking in Moscow is crazy expensive. Did you know this? I, no, I did not know that. Well, we're not going to park the cars in Moscow. The, the parking garages cannot accommodate these cannon cars. Uh, they, they are very large compared to the size of the parking garages. And so we're like, oh, where, where should we put all of these cars we have? Well, let's put them on the border next to Ukraine. We, we love Ukraine. They're fantastic. Great. We love their, their similar soups and their similar uh, sausages and everything. We're so similar to them. It's almost like they're part of us and we'll be very soon. You know, it's just something like this. Wait, what was that? The you said something there like one sentence ago. What was that? Great, they have fantastic soups. Now their borscht is a little similar oh. to our borscht, but sometimes they add beans okay. to it, which of course to us makes us just want to invade them. You know, it's just crazy. Why would you add beans to borscht? You, know, you don't. You don't do such things. You're good at your job. It's something yes. feels fishy about it. Well, you know, Jack. You know, it's what they say about fishy. I no. What do they say? Well, don't let a tuna stink in the sun. It's an old saying. Is that in Russia? Yes. Don't let a tuna stink in the sun. That's correct. You don't do this. 
What are you supposed to do with the tuna instead? Well, you can use it to beat the Ukrainian, of course, if you have to, but I wouldn't. <laughs> There's no need to. We have, we're, we're, we're not doing anything wrong. We're just parking our cars here. Why would that even come into your head that if you had a fish, instead of leaving it in the sun, you would beat a Ukrainian with it? Why, why would that even come up as an idea? No, you're, you're correct. It's a strange, uh, strange sentiment to have. And, you know, it's because I'm so mind boggled by this, the Western television, the Western media, which can't be trusted. You can only trust state media. Those are the people who are in charge of protecting you. And you, you must look to them for guidance. These these renegade news outlets, they with their their fancy talking and their sub stacking and everything. There's no, they are crazy. They they lies. They are lying. And they're just they're They don't want Russia. To, to feel confident. Okay. You're bullies. Yes, no, that's 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 our problem. We're big bullies. Uh, well, let, let's shift gears here re- really quickly and, and talk Just about like the Olympics. Just like a car. <laughs> Do those shift gears a lot? You know, you have to shift the gears. They're manual. Yeah, the, I'm sure the they are. The automatic versions are incredibly expensive, so we just go with manual. You can make more of them. Oh, good. I'm, I'm so glad. So uh, let's let's shift gears uh, it, <laughs> more metaphorically and, and discuss the Olympics. Uh, Russia is once again uh, at the center of a massive cheating scandal. Uh, the, a woman who is widely considered to be not, not a woman. I'm going to take that back. A girl who is widely considered to be the best figure skater uh, in the world, favored to win the gold. Uh, a 15-year-old has tested positive for a banned substance. So basically, you're drugging your 15-year-old girls in that country to just to try and win uh, Olympic Games. Can you respond to this, please? Okay. Well, first of all, you know, drugging girls is a thing that, you know, maybe is great for nightclubs, but <laughs> is not so good for Olympics. Uh, I half agree with you. No, I know. I know what exactly has happened here. Okay. And I will tell you with all honesty and uh, truth and you will thank understand you. what has happened. So this girl, Wonderful. 15, thank you. I appreciate that, Sergey. It's important to speak uh, the truth, you know, especially when so many lies are coming from your media. Okay. So this Just young girl, 15, this young 15 girl, she's going to nightclubs, of course, like all Russian girls. And some gentleman come to her and says, do you wish for a gin and tonic? And she says, yes, of course, I want this gin and tonic. I am thirsty. I would like to drink it. And so he comes back from bar and he gives her the gin and tonic. But does she not know? She does not know that this gin and tonic has this uh, chemical that we use to make horses grow very big. And uh, so she drinks it and now it is in her system. Well, of course, like most 15-year-old girls in Eurasia, she goes back to nightclub next night. Same gentleman there. Oh, can I buy you gin and tonic? And she thinks, okay, well, he likes me. He likes figure skater women. Uh Uh, And so, of course, I will drink his gin and tonic. So she continues to do this for six to eight months and has builds up a lot of this uh, horse growth chemical in her body. Uh And then, of course, she goes to Olympics. She says goodbye to this man who gave her gin and tonics. And she goes to Olympics and they test her. And suddenly they they have this hormone that was she did not know this. She did right. not drink this on purpose. She was being bought drinks by this man in a, a fedora and a, a, a nice suit. 
who, who give her gin and tonic at the expense of who knows, maybe the state. I don't know. I don't know these things, but it is not her fault and she should not be punished for it. But, but, but she, steroids, you can't take steroids. That's not allowed. That's against no, the cannot. rules. You cannot take them on purpose. And this is how we hope to evade this law is you cannot take steroids on purpose, but maybe you accidentally are bought steroids by man in fedora with suit who puts them in a gin and tonic, maybe Hendrix. Okay. And. So your 15-year-old girls in Russia just are regularly pounding uh, gin and tonics at nightclubs? You know, it's, it, I'll be honest, you know, if you've ever, ever read the Russian literature, we're kind of glum. So the, the alcohol takes off the edge. So you start early. How, how early do the girls usually start in Russia? For drinking? Yes. Oh, for drinking. Uh, you know, you can start at the, you know, they call it tween. <laughs> so you're not... You're not a teenage, but you're uh -huh. not taught you are in the tween. So you can, you know, there's a lot of tween totaling, we call it. <laughs> you call it tween totaling? Yes, tween totaling. Teetotaling is not drink. Tween totaling is tween drink. <laughs> and, and how does uh, uh, Mr. Putin feel about uh, such behavior? Well, you know, he he would not shake a tuna at it, but he does, he think uh, that, you know, it, it is maybe okay for these young girls to be in nightclubs. He loves, you know, women to have good time, to have parties. You know, he's a very serious man. So, you know, he likes to, to make sure his youth are uh, happy to be youthful in Russia. That's because, nice. Because, you know, he knows there's no joy in life. So that, you know, he's hoping they live it up. Uh, then, before they see the grisly realities of uh, of what is coming, and and that usually happens about uh, what age? Between tween and twenty. Oh God! Okay, that's so depressing. It's a difficult life, you know. You have seen the women uh, when they are uh, fifty, sixty. They don't looking so good, no? No, but which is odd because at at twenty five they're looking quite good. That's correct. But, you know, the life is harsh. The winters are harsher. And of course, you know, a steady diet of uh, horse growth chemicals is does terrible things to your body. Huh. Okay. I guess, well, I'll have to Google that one. I'm not sure that that's correct, but we'll have to see. All I'm saying is take a picture of figure skating girl now and then come back in 20 years and you'll see. <laughs> what, what will I see if I visit her 20 years from now? Well, you know, if you do see her in 20-something years, I think you will notice some differences. She will be bigger, of course. She will okay. have four legs, of course. And you can <laughs> sit on her back for 20 rubles and ride around the trails. <laughs> oh, my God. She goes from this sweet, lovely, wispy 15-year-old girl to a Clydesdale? Yes, yeah. Perhaps you have seen some of our women. Uh, Mr. Putin uh, was riding one the other day, bare-chested. I thought that was just a horse horse. It was a former figure skater from Sochi. <laughs> no kidding. Yes. Sochi was just a couple of years ago. That's correct. The, the drugs work fast. We know this. Wow. That's crazy. Well, good for you guys, I guess. Uh, you know, Sergey, I really appreciate your, uh, your honesty and, uh, you know, good luck not invading Ukraine. We hope to not invade them anytime. Okay. <laughs> Maybe Thursday. Possibly. I have to change appointments. 
Okay, well, that is all the time we have. Thank you again to Sergey, uh, to Brian Sack, uh, my erstwhile co-host. Brian would want you to subscribe to the podcast. Don't just listen to it uh, on occasion. Subscribe so that way you never miss uh, whatever uh, nugget of gold that we're going to uh, pass out to uh, America for free. So please subscribe to the podcast, like it, uh, uh, review it and all that. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, on behalf of Brian Sack, I bid you all a fine day. Uh, dos vidania. Wait, you're still here? Uh, you did not tell me to go. I've got nothing to do. I'm just waiting around to invade. I mean, not invade. Wait, what? What did you say? What? No, I said go nothing. Back. Got to go. <laughs> That was Questionable Material with Jack and Brian. Subscribe on any podcast platform. Watch our clips on YouTube. Visit us at qmpodcast.com. 